0: You're out the door Andy I'm after spending About five grand On a thousand Paddy and Andy Football pod t-shirts so, Oh, Jesus Christ It's like yeah. Garth Brooks All over again
1: The football pod Is available every Tuesday Exclusively On the OTB Sports app Well hello there The football pod Is back it's season two The same old music The same old presenter We've still got our Seven time All-Ireland winner Paddy Andrews But as you all know Our good friend The great Andy Moran Left us last week as he takes his first steps into intercounty management with Leech, But we told you we'd turn up. We told you we'd find a top-tier replacement. We've had a lot of work to do this week, Paddy. A lot of soul-searching. We're driving around the country. But I think it's safe to say that we've delivered. We have replaced our footballer of the year with a younger, fresher model who's also a footballer of the year, who's also actually, who's actually won an All-Ireland medal. I'm very excited and absolutely delighted to let the Football Pod listeners know that All-Ireland winner, two-time All-Star and 2014 Footballer of the Year, James O'Donoghue, is our new co-host for the 2022 season. James O'Donoghue, you're very Ooh, welcome whoop. along.
2: Thank you very much. The Come King is in. dead, long live the King. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> this fella's got to be a handful for the year, I can feel it already.
2: Oh yes, I
1: think it's coming. You're very welcome James, how's all them and Kerry?
2: Delighted. Up. Ah. Very good, very good. Optimistic now for the new season, so looking forward to it and uh getting stuck in something new. So yeah. Brilliant. delighted.
1: I don't know whether it's the YouTube ring light you've got, but that looks like a tasty tan you've got at the minute. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I had to go I had to go to the Cayman Islands to get a tan because I knew the dubs of petty would be on the beds. So I said I have to get something <laughs> uh something unnatural, you know.
1: Both of you were in the Caribbean the last couple of weeks. We were speaking about Paddy last week. He got a little break after his his wedding and his his antics before Christmas. You got a lovely break, Paddy, didn't you? Was it San Lucia? I
0: did, yeah, down to the Caribbean. I didn't know my new co-host was only just a shot across on the next island beside me, but uh, (laughs) all the big dogs head down to the Caribbean in January, you know? I
2: can't beat a bit of January sun.
1: Yeah, the dubs are used to the Caribbean in... um, in the in the winter sun is that where the Kerry boys used to go on their team holidays? Where did you go after twenty fourteen, James?
2: We did South Africa, we did Cape Town and Sun City in twenty fourteen. It was nice, and we did Thailand. Oh, we did Miami and we did Thailand, and we were actually in we were actually in Phuket um, in twenty nineteen. And the the Tyrone boys were there before us. They must have gone, they must have gone after a semi final, maybe. Yeah. And what? apparently they they wrecked the place. We were
0: like, <laughs> we, we were the biggest a legend time over it. Jesus Christ!
2: I think Ireland maybe it was there. They were there the year before, but it was they were there before us anyway. And this crowd had an awful idea of footballers and, and Ireland, but obviously we we kept it. We kept it okay. You redeemed it.
1: <laughs> you redeemed it. You um, That's funny because uh, we we mentioned a couple of times last year, but I read Liam Hayes's book. There's my first mead mention of the year, Paddy. And and it's always uh, taking about 90 seconds. But. 90 seconds. But the Mead boys and the Cork boys, everywhere, used to, or every team used to go to Lanzarote back in the day. And that was the place they used to go um, for their team holidays. So the Mead boys and the Cork boys would be battering each other in September and then come January, December, they'd all be on the same beaches together. And they wouldn't talk, they wouldn't mix. So uh, that was the setup back then. You boys never came across each other on a team holiday, did you?
2: Never, no. No, we, I don't- everybody- Kilkenny we Go on, Paddy. No, go on,
0: sorry. Well, Kilkenny, Kl- were, we were in Thailand. In, it's gas. The teams just go in the same, the same places, mm. you have to hear. We're not very uh, imaginative when it comes to the holidays. They're all cool places, but uh, we, did a, we did a bit of a crossover with the Kilkenny hurlers in Thailand. I'm thinking 15, maybe. They right. were just coming to the end, um, which is probably for the best because that would have been a hectic couple of days and we arrived over, we used to go, I remember the first couple that we won, we went uh, before Christmas, we used to go um, kind the of end of November, start to December, because we'd be playing in a Borough Cup and stuff, and Jim was kind of keen for us to, to hit the ground running, and then, as we all got a little bit older, and we were, we were kind of winning all our learnings back-to-back and stuff like that, we said, look, we, we'll go in January and come back a little bit later, which is nice, so... Um, now, very funny. We were in South Africa as well one of the years, and um, we were in Miami as well. So there must be just a GAA holiday brochure that's passed around year on year. I see Toronto were obviously in the states as well last week. So it's a nice time to get away if you can get it. Yeah, it
2: is. A... you just don't want to come back too late because if you come back too late, especially this year with the season kicking off in or the, even the Ireland finals mm. in July, like if you start too late, you're going to lose too much time. You're in trouble straight away. Like, I see Tyrone are back fairly late this year. Like, I think that they're probably going to be up against it from the start, you know? At least before, when the all Ireland final was on the third weekend in September, you had an awful lot of time and big breaks between every game if you had to kind of change something. But this year, there doesn't seem to be any any scope for, for messing around. So the boys, are, I think, are back a bit late. They're putting themselves up against it.
0: That, that's funny you say that, to me Because that was actually... You're right, we, we would have... Done a lot of our pre-season stuff in, in April and May. The National League finishes, we'd go back to our clubs for, for three or four weeks. And then like May would be our real heavy season to get get a month's training done before the yeah. championship. Whereas that's not going to be the case for anyone this year. It's it's no. in a way, it's for players, it's great because I hated those training blocks. Yeah. Um, and this season it's gonna be games, games, games. You've got nine, nine or ten weeks. Of the National League, if you get through to the, to the, to the finals, starting obviously this, this weekend, mm-hmm. which is class. I don't know about you, James, but, but, but I love the National League. i I'd said it before. I think a lot of players do that That every weekend they're playing games, uh, traveling around the country, different atmospheres and things like that. And then you're kicking straight into the championship this year. Yes. So um, interesting. We, we touched on it last week with our, our ex-colleague, Andrew, <laughs> Um <laughs> I, on to their own, coming back late, that exact point, the, and they were beaten, well beaten in their first game of the Mechanic Cup. Um, they're up against Monaghan this weekend, who are obviously on a bit of a roll, uh, winning the Mechanic Cup at, at the weekend. So it'll be interesting to see how the All-Ireland champions are going over the first couple of weeks of the National League, because they're,
2: they're not going to have a lot of training done. Yeah, yeah. and they've lost a few bodies, haven't they? Oh, yeah. Tiernan like McCann is a, is a big fella to lose. Like, Unbe- you think, going back the last couple of years, he's been one of the best wing-backs probably in the country. And for him to just put the hand up and walk away, it, it rocks Price the squad, I think. When a fella walks away, it, it rocks It rocks people when you see a fella walk away. And it's easy then for the second fella to go. Once one or two go, the third is not far away. Do you know? But it's always the first two that go, kind of hard ones.
0: But if you take, he came on in that Ulster semi-final last year against Donegal kicked three points mm-hmm. he was kind of in and out of the team having been the main like I say a mainstay of that Tyrone team over the last kind of seven or eight years what age is he Tommy you, you put it on the he's, WhatsApp he's, there he's 30 he's 30 Paddy but I, yeah, I, I was just well, would you get 30 or finished? but <laughs> You two boys, there we go. He only
1: looks twenty five. He's all right. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing
0: something with that hair. Is that a wig he's got or something? But no way, your hair is that jet black when you're thirty. No chat.
1: I think we'll. Um, I think we'll come back to the Tyrone boys a little later, lads. I think we'll have a look at some of the the brilliant games that we've got coming up. Um, the interesting thing about Tyrone and those lads walking away, Paddy, which we will come to later, is how important depth was to your Dublin team over that amazing yeah. run that you had. And when you were looking at the Tyrone team this year in their panel they got such value out of their bench and you were thinking next year, the likes of McShane, Canavan, Ronan O'Neill, Mark Bradley, Tiernan McCann, they all have a lot to prove and if a team is going to try and defend their All Ireland title, that's so important. Not even to mention the likes of Michael Cassidy or Hugh Matt, Pat McGeary. Um, look, massive, massive losses, uh, but we'll, we, we we'll come back to that a later. Just, just on that point, not just Tyrone, we touched it all throughout
0: the Championship last year. Dublin's depth was questioned all mm. of last year across mm-hmm. the board right from the get-go. And looker probably came back to haunt them in that all semi-final. Mayo as well. Yeah. The, the loss of killing O'Connor, everyone was waiting for, when is this going to really hurt them? And, and they, they got to the all Ireland final against all the odds. But in that final, they were just short. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I kind of said in advance, I, I thought they struggled to get the scores. And that's where they missed that depth. And, and the point we made last week, like I said, even about Tyrone, even a successful team, You need new faces. You need two or three new guys coming in. Even if you've won, it needs to be freshened up to keep guys on their toes. You can see how I've been addressed and it can get stale so quickly. You can be doing all the right things, but that energy, a new face, a new coach, anything like that, that's what I'm sure Toronto would have been hoping over this start start of the season, but that depth of squad, particularly as James has said, the way the games are going to come come <laughs> thick and fast. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be suspensions. There's going to be guys losing form. That depth is so so important to get over the line when it comes to the knockout, your smaller and semi-finals and finals. So look, there's loads. It's going to be very interesting to see how that, how that season pans out for a lot of the top teams. One
1: hundred percent.
2: You know what I think is important as well when it, when you're getting a new a new body into the camp. Like, fair enough. First of all, he has to be obviously a very good player. But if he can bring a personality with him from the start, like a bit of something, just something different, a bit of an edge, it lifts the camp. Whereas if a fella comes in, he's kind of shy and he doesn't really know where to put himself or whatever, it doesn't have the same impact. What you want is a fella to kind of turn a few things upside down, you know, and have a bit of crack and this sounds
0: like you're speaking from experience (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) no I was quiet I was very quiet I don't don't believe that but uh, I always think that's the case anyway
1: we're about 10 minutes into episode one of season two of the football pod and I think it's fair to say that we've we've buried the lead James this is the part of the podcast every week where I remind people that uh, you can hit subscribe if you haven't subscribed already that you can download the OTP Sports app and you can get the podcast first every Tuesday there and you can get it everywhere else on Wednesday. And if you like to watch the show, you can watch it on YouTube on a Thursday. For this week and this week alone, we're releasing the podcast on all platforms on Tuesday because we've got a bit of a big story to get stuck into next. James, there's a reason that you've had a, a bit of free time to get stuck into the football pod this year. You stepped away from Kerry last summer. I didn't know it was the end back then. So I'm going to take a quick break. And Paddy, we're going to come back and we're going to chat to James about his future with Kerry. All right, you're welcome back to episode one of season two of the Football Pod. Paddy Andrews is with me, and James O'Donoghue is with me. James, talk to us.
2: <laughs> is it over? Oh, it's all over. It's all over, the thing, yeah. Um Last year, I suppose, I was kind of fighting an uphill battle, and um, realistically, I stepped away from the panel just before the the going got very serious and because I wasn't really contributing you know and realistically I told them at that stage that I was retiring but obviously because it was the start of the season and career were going so well we didn't want to put out a statement going Jesus this fella's after retiring and you know throw all the the good the good vibes out of the out of the camp so we just kept it, kept it under wraps, and um, obviously we thought that Kerry would go on and win the All Ireland, but it wasn't to be. But um, so at that stage, I had decided to to step away from into County you know, and retire. But just didn't get around to actually making um, making an announcement. On it. I was trying to do a, a silent uh, stepping away. Then after that, you know. You're, you're not. <laughs> but um, you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's the it's the way forward from now on. I think. But no, it's a, it's a painful one, you know. It's, yeah. um, it's definitely I, something that is going to be hard, but it was, it was definitely the right thing. There,
1: were, there was definitely a feeling there back in July, James, when you stepped away. Because I think we've all felt in the last two years that you've had such a tough time with injuries that we haven't seen you really, like, for about two years. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think a lot of people felt, OK, mature decision, stepping back from the panel middle of the year, get the body right, and we'd see you again. Because you're, you're still a young man. You're, you're 31. thirty mm-hmm. one. I'm right in saying you're 31. I haven't put a year on you there.
2: 29. <laughs> 31, yeah. I'm 31. But, but um, yeah, I suppose there was that in the back of my head. But that would have been fine if I'd had a good couple of years maybe coming into it. But literally, I haven't played or played well in a good long spell. And it comes to a stage then where you're, even if you do, right, you, you go away and you might get injured and come back and make the panel or make a team like, you're costing maybe a bit of potential coming through in your place. You know, if you're not 100%, you're stopping someone else from coming through and maybe making their mark. So, like, I had that bit of guilt in my head as well that I was thinking, like, every time I got injured and came back, I seemed to kind of make the panel or make the team. But, you know, there was a bit chipping away at me going, you can't keep doing this. Like, you have to you have to either get right or just or get out. And um, I hadn't put together matches in a row in so long that I was like geez, I can't even remember the last run of football I've had so when I made that decision all I wanted to do was go back to the legion play games you know play well start enjoying the game I know that sounds so like cliche but it's such a thing when you're injured for so long that you you kind of forget the crack of it and you want to kind of you want to feel a bit wanted by some team anyway You <laughs> know, if you're not gonna be making it with your county so it wasn't the hardest decision in the world, but it definitely a painful one. Definitely a painful one.
1: And did it feel like you retired back in July or did it only really kick in in the last couple of weeks?
2: No, it kicked in straight away because you know, I thought the Kerry were going to go and win the All-Ireland. But as I've kind of said to people since, I think it would have been harder to be knocking around, kind of not contributing, and the boys win than to take a step back and watch the boys win as a supporter if you're not going to contribute anyway do, do you know what I mean there kind of um I just didn't think that if I wasn't going to contribute leave someone else in there and um and take their claim instead
1: yeah Paddy does does that echo I, any I did, any ah, mind of you we did the exact
0: same thing in, in 2020 on that point um self Keno Sullivan, we were <laughs> We were on our last legs, the pair of us. And um, this was the season that the, the all Final was the week before Christmas. So it was a long year. Like, you kind of started out the year. And Desi had obviously come in. And um, when it gets to that stage of the season, James, you know, the squad is claimed of the team is, is, is picked at that point of the season. You know, that you're pretty set in your first 15. There might be one or two places up for grabs in the squad and things like that. But I remember coming the last two or three weeks of my career, we played Cavan in the all Ireland semi-final and Crow Park and, and we betted pretty comfortably and I wasn't in the squad and, and Keane was the same he was injured and uh, Roy O'Carroll was another guy and those two weeks coming up to the all Ireland final having been in we were fortunate enough over the past 10 years to be in, involved in them in a normal all Ireland final in the summertime when you're playing and it's like it's one of the greatest buzzes you'll get the build-up and things like that whereas that one yeah. hand on heart to be honest I, I knew I wasn't I was finished I think the coach is new. The players player new. So you're putting a brave face on it, and that's 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 hard. You're trying to contribute in any way, but like you know, when you, you want to contribute on the pitch, that's what every player is, is there for. And, and my personality, be kind of be out, outgoing enough. And you're trying to nearly fake that at trend and things like that. It's a hard place to be coming to the end, but you know, and, and everyone else knows. And, and yeah. oh, when well, you won the All Ireland, go like well. The lads did, I, I didn't in that last one. So that point you were talking about there, James, where th- that is, I agree with you, you're nearly better off being out of it because um, it, it's, it's a heavy burden, I have to say, coming to the end of any career. And we were fortunate, both of us, obviously, that, that, that we got to achieve kind of really successful moments in our career. But look, at the, I think when you've put your, your heart and soul into it, which obviously if you play at that level, if you got to that level, you have... Finishing up is, it's hard when when the writing's on the wall, you know. That's, it's a tough place to be mentally and that's the exact same experience uh, coming to the end. It's guys, I think a lot of players do. but There's very few that get a a kind of ride off into the sunset type scenario. Uh, That's just the way sport is, I suppose, you know.
2: Yeah, if you can time it right. But I I heard um, Kevin McMinneman talking when he retired this year. Yeah. And he goes, uh, the sacrifices are worth it. you're getting the reward you know Mm. and literally the reward for a player can be very small it can be it can be game time it can be a little bit of responsibility it can be very small but if you're getting kind of you don't feel like you're contributing at all or getting any reward then the sacrifices are (laughs) (laughs) are outrageous for you know you're 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 living neither side of life do you know what i mean Mm. you're just stuck in the middle and you're kind of not uh, you're not doing anything really so it was the right decision for me and I wanted to I know you're probably the same with, with Bridges but I wanted to to give a good couple of years to the club where I was actually playing well <laughs>
1: Paddy,
2: Paddy gave his good years, years to the club
0: Jimmy,
1: no. Paddy, <laughs>
2: gave 20, Paddy gave 2011 to the
1: club yeah one and done <laughs>
2: that was worth it one's <laughs> enough yeah exactly but uh, I, I wanted to, to be some bit good anyway for the for the club because so the club seen this tight down here so you know, it is it's important so it's important to us to raise a gallop and that. So I wanted to to give a year to the lads or two years to the lads when I was still some bit mm. able, you know, and um, I'm looking forward to that instead.
1: And how, uh, Jay, I'm sorry to prolong the pain, but how long did you feel like that in the Kerry dressing room? How long did you feel like, you know, as, as Paddy said there, I'm interested to hear about, you know, a role in a dressing room that dynamics am I don't know if that happened to you, but how long did you feel like you weren't, you were stuck in the middle, I suppose?
2: Nearly as long as I can remember now, because that's the most the freshest feeling I have. You know, I, the, the freshest feeling is is the feeling you have. I can't, um, I can't remember the last time I put together a run of games where you feel really in the middle of it. And even if you're in and out, maybe you know one or two and out. Know, your voice still carries in the dressing room, and you're still you can still be that personality or be that person. You know, but if you're not playing at all and you're constantly running up and down the sideline doing rehab runs or, you know, on the physio table. Sure, you're you're just not, you're just not there. So I'd say a couple, a couple of years really for me, you know, which is why it it, it was a painful decision but it, it wasn't the biggest change either because I hadn't got the, the buzz of, of playing well for so long.
1: You had, en- you had endured the torture for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Trying Tommy, to this is his first
0: part. He's not going to come back if you keep up with this tone. Like, <laughs> It's not normally this morbid.
1: Actually, hey, I did I did far worse to yourself than Andy last year, and you stayed with me, so I'll I'll we'll keep at it for a little a while uh, Another Actually, another question.
2: Scrap it. I'm, I'm ringing Jack. I, <laughs> I want to go back.
1: <laughs> and career was because people are going to be interested. Was like Kerry got a new management team this winter, as we all know. Was there no contact with Jack O'Connor, a man you would have worked before back at the start of your career?
2: Yeah, no, I know Jack well, very well. Um, he was yeah, he was managing us when when I came onto the panel, and I always got on great with him. And I know that if if I was, if I was right, I could have picked up the phone and said, look, that decision I made last year. I'm thinking about changing my mind. What do you think? And I'm sure we could have, we could have come to something, but I told them I was retiring and I said, look, if I change my mind, I'll ring the chairman. And I actually did give a go at, um, at getting into very good Nick Forrett just to see, could I give it one last? And you know what? My body just wasn't up to it, And, um, that's just, that's just the way it is. I like, I'll go back now to the club and I'll tailor my program and I guarantee I mightn't see another injury. Do you know what I mean? Just the the slight drop in the uh, in intensity even might suit me. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I I if I was right, I could have picked up the phone and uh, we'd have a chat, but it just didn't yeah. feel right.
1: Yeah. Jesus, I, I I hadn't, I knew it was bad, but I hadn't fully comprehended the extent of the injuries that you suffered through. Do you know? Um, you were talking to us off air the other day, and I hope you don't mind me saying it, but about the the double surgery back in twenty fifteen on the shoulders. And that's not even the issue that forced you to retire. Like that was yeah. that was horrendous. That was after your your, your football of the year season, wasn't it? Was it that winter?
2: Yeah. Well I had um the year after, I had a lot it? of shoulder problems. I had a lot of shoulder problems um since I was about twenty. So I was about eighteen or yeah, not twenty, yeah. And um, I'd had a couple of surgeries. And then in 2015, I dislocated the shoulder I just got the surgery on against Kildare. I went around the goalie and he made an unbelievable tackle and tipped the ball out of my hand. And I fell and I just slid up and popped the shoulder underneath the armpit. And it was a bad one. And um, Eddie Hartnett was our physio at the time, brilliant physio. And he put it back in on the spot. But it was so bad, it spasmed straight back out again. And you had to put it in the second time. So, <laughs> so after that, they said, look, you need to get um, a different type of surgery. It's called a, a lateral J. So if anyone with, with shoulder issues is, is listening, it's basically where you take a bit of, um, of the bone out of the collarbone and you put it into the socket to make it bigger so that the ball of the socket of the shoulder doesn't slip out.
0: Oh, lovely.
2: So um, I got that on, on both shoulders now. Two weeks apart, and uh how does that work? I, it was it was way heavier than I thought it was going to be. Like because I'd done I'd done I had five surgeries here, so I had three done at that stage, and these were my last two then. And those three were lighter than these two latter J operations are called. So I was literally just with two sleeps, <laughs> just sitting watching TV or lying on lying on my back, and it just did me it did me no favors. So so that was just a a tough tough spell everyone has their everyone has their thing like everyone has an ankle or a shoulder or a hip you know everyone has their thing but I think I just made the wrong call there of getting the two surgeries within a couple of weeks but it was all it was greedy because I wanted to be back I should have just taken a year out or you know taken my time or that never happened though wasn't it James? no 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 you're chasing you're chasing it's like
0: because you'll sit down, any injury with any player in my entire career, it's, uh, how long am I out for? Eight weeks. And you're like, okay, I'll be back at six. And they're like, no, 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 eight weeks. And it's like, whatever the timeline is, you're shaving time off that because you want to be back as soon as possible. Because it's, it's, a, it's a finite career that you're getting. And particularly, I think the older you get, the more reckless you probably become. Because <laughs> you yeah. know, you're coming to the end, it's like, whatever I need to do, get me out in that pitch. Uh, and that's not best practice, obviously. And, and it, with hindsight, it's great. You can look back and say, geez, I shouldn't have done that. But every single player does it. Every yeah. single player, no matter what, whatever the time frame is, well, I'm, I'm cutting that in half if I can, because I want to be back for the first round of the
1: championship. If there's always a game coming. There's is. always a game that you need to be back for. Um, it's the culture though. It's the culture, I suppose, in any anyone with a competitive nature, in any sport really. It's I think it's funny what James is saying there. Chasing, you are always chasing, especially at the top level of intercounty football. You're chasing. Um Yeah.
2: But if you can just if you can just take a step back and look at the bigger picture for a couple of minutes and you say, Right, I'd way rather take my time, come back ready and strong and fit and whatever, then come back shy of that, not be as good and put yourself, put yourself under pressure in everything else, confidence-wise and everything. Then, you know, it's uh, the bigger picture if you, if you take it into account. There was people telling me to wait and I was like, nah, nah, nah. You know, <laughs> I keep going, but stupid. But everyone's in the same boat and even with, with young fellas now, I'd be saying to them, just take the time, you know, take the time because... There's no point in rushing.
0: There's nothing to gain from it. Can not come out and say that? That like, was the last season. Roy Keane was coming out to say that uh, he used to be giving out about players who wouldn't play Yeah. And yeah,
1: then yeah.
0: with hindsight, he goes, maybe I should have done that. Yeah, I no, no, he regrets it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, again, hindsight, it's, it's great. We're all experts, yeah.
1: Now, in fairness, Roy did mind himself on a couple of... Uh, um going on international duty a few times so <laughs> although I'm I'm a Roy I'm in the Roy corner <laughs> but I so. hope he doesn't listen <laughs> to the football card, I hope he does. <laughs> um yeah so what well, James what was the I have I've always had this memory. This is the and it's it's not the 2013 goal. It's not the goal against Dublin that I want to talk about in a minute. But I happen to be sitting in an incredible angle for your goal in Crow Park against Galway. I was like right behind the corner where you burned the goalie defender and you buried it into the back of the net. What year was that? Was that 15? Was that,
2: was that 17? Four, 14, 14. That was 14. The year we won it, yeah. You know,
1: it, okay, your footballer of the year in 2014. Is that the year you played your best football of all your career? Did you ever get back to that level?
2: I'd say I got back there in 15. Um, yeah, I got back there in 15. And it um, felt great. Did a load of work. On my body just not my shoulders at that stage and probably just after the All-Ireland I felt very good um, and we had a great winter then with the club and I felt my best at that stage probably um, but realistically everyone probably has one or two of their peak years and that was probably that was probably my night you know this it was good thank God we won it at that stage because if we didn't <laughs> you know, I'd be sour now but the boys took over after that, so no arguments. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about the breakout year you had um, back in 2010 and, and and coming into it. When did you first start to feel comfortable in the Kerry team? Do you remember that? I kind of want to leave the, this has got into a very dark and, and deep, and I know it is a sad time when you've retired from playing inter-county football, but... Jesus, you you lit up the championships for a couple of summers. I don't know if you know it, but an off the ball back, I was working on off the ball back in 2014. We refused to call you James O'Donoghue. You were known as James O'Donoghue because you broke out at the same time as James Rodriguez. Well, I suppose you were you're already an all-star by that stage. But yeah, it was that summer, that summer of, uh, yeah, it was a bit of magic going on all year long. When, when did you feel comfortable in a Kerry jersey? Or did you always feel it when you got into the team?
2: No, it's a... Well, I suppose when I came into the carry team, realistically, it was the end of one of the best teams ever. You know, you had you had Donica, Galvin, Declan, Gooch, Donnelly, and Darren you probably had Darren oh, and Leary there
0: for a year or two, wasn't he? Yeah.
2: So, like, you, you had seven or eight fellas there. So, realistically, when I went in to start, I wasn't within, you know. Uh, anywhere close to the team or even playing so I suppose I had a nice kind of building period of doing nothing. Do you know that like then you start getting uncomfortable with doing nothing. You know, so like realistically you start having you start planning your your future a bit. Whereas if you're kinda of thrown in you might have that, that phase of being uncomfortable, but I think that my uncomfortable phase was not being involved at all. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And is you that why did, that... did you ever have that kind of that period?
0: I think I would say for 90% of players, that's the the pathway and the, the way we would have, would have done with Dublin With Jim would bring the guys in exactly like that. Conor Callahan, Brian Howard and these guys would come in and there's probably 18 months where they're training away, they're in the environment. Um, Nothing said to them like that you're not going to play or any of this type of thing. but it's just there's a learning curve and you've got to build your body up to that level. There's And then there's 10% of guys who come in and they play straight away and they're just freaks. They, these are David Clifford, Jack McCaffrey, Karen Kilkenny, guys that just come in off the bat and straight away, they're going from 18, 19 years of age. They're starting in the first championship 15. The majority of normal people <laughs> go, go through that phase yeah. where There's kind of 18 months or so. You learn the environment. Like you say, you're talking about personality. There's that as well. You kind of get comfortable the way things are done around here because – Going from a, an underage team into a senior intercounty, particularly in Dublin or Kerry, like it's it's high level stuff. Like 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 the analysis, the the, the strength, the conditioning, yeah. the, just the, the culture around the place is is not something with all the, the best intentions you will have been exposed to in your underage career or even in your college or club career. So there is that bed and in period, and you're right, James. It's you do that for kind of maybe a year or eighteen months, and then you're going right. Well, I, I, I want to start playing now. I'm ready to play. And that's when you kind of have confidence in yourself and your ability. You start kind of annoying the manager then going, right, like, what's the story here? Then? And that's, that's, that's what we, I would have seen a lot with, with our players coming through. The likes of Khan and Dean Rock would have been pretty similar as well around the panel. And then usually just a couple of training games, it just clicks, James, doesn't it? And you kind of, you get the confidence yeah. and you go, there's usually a moment or two you go, okay, I'm actually good enough to be here. I, I belong here. And then, then the sky's the limit. It's up to you to, to push it on again, you know? Yeah,
2: especially like as an inside forward, if you can get a relationship with an experienced fella in the forward line, then they mm. might see, do you know, this, he could slip in there and do something. Whereas, do you know, if you, do, if you don't have that relationship or you don't have that trust in the other players, you're probably going to be, be up but, against it.
1: Who did you develop your first relationship with inside in the carryful forward line? Who did you target? Who did you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a connection with him?
2: <laughs> no the, you know it was forced upon me in fairness by um, by Galvin he like he we didn't have a relationship really playing because we didn't play that much together but even in training he'd be so he'd be so vocal and so intense about what you should do when he has the ball that he made you do the right thing it was unreal it was just something that I'd never come across before and he he'd manage us with the school so I kind of knew the way he worked but like the way he could get you to do the right thing even if you were just about nearly going to do the wrong thing but he through his mentality he just he switched you it was just Is this it talking, just a is it talking
1: on the field or is it is it eyes or what is it
2: Yeah eyes facial expression body language a no bit of everything he he, just, nah, he was brilliant but I, I remember when I went in um, we do A forwards against B backs and B forwards against A backs probably most people do it and I'd be marking Tom Sullivan or O'Shea <laughs> oh, in their pump at night <laughs> at eighteen, nineteen, or whatever, and you would not get a kick of the ball, like, a kick of it, and it really did. It it was an eye opener as the level you have to get to, or even like to learn little cheat ways of getting the ball because you're not going to beat them for pace, and you're not going to beat them for strength. So you know you kind of learn learn like that way. But what were you doing? So uh, it was.
0: Uh, pulling and dragging. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, Jimmy, the first time I was brought in, Pillar was still the coach with Dublin. So I, I maybe debut on Pillar in 2008. I was <laughs> kid coming in. I liked that. like that. We were playing uh, training games out in St. David's in our team where Dublin used to train and uh, got a ball in a training game. Like say, so you don't get many of them. I was playing at the backs at this stage. So it was a complete shambles. <laughs> I was coming, coming out of the fence with the ball. And it's just quite. I'll just take a solo here and look up and, and see where I'm going. And uh, Kieran Wheeler came over and tackled me. And I swear to God, lads, it was like the gloves were bigger than my head. Like, <laughs> and it, it's not even that close. Yeah. to me. I can get away here. And it's like, go, go, gadget at arms come out, and this giant glove just wraps me up. And I, he, I'd say he punched me about four times, tackled me. <laughs> Closed fist there was now subtlety in this tackle, and. He obviously got the ball back off. Kind of some, someone please blow the whistle, give me a free or something. Like. And I was just left in a heap on the ground and the wheel has gone off. Kicks a score or something. And, and that was a moment for me where it was like, like exactly what you're saying, like trying to mark, mark O'Shea when you're a teenager. Like Jesus Christ. And that was, I was like, oh my God, like this, is, this is a different sport to what you're playing in your minor and your school's football and stuff like that. So,
1: and yeah. I'm going to take you to flip that, Patty? When were you the one? doing that to young...
0: I, was, I never did that in tackles, ever. <laughs> <laughs> At any stage of my career. Um, no, I got 13. That's that when... Is, no, that physically, that no
1: is that physically now you're...
0: Uh, physically, but also, like, mentally, I went to DCU, which was great because it was a big football culture in DCU and, and, and you kind of got working on gym programs and stuff like that. But I think what James is saying, that if there's a mental thing as well where you kind of... You have confidence then to go, right... I'm ready. I'm ready to be here and you don't panic on the ball you take your time and yeah you, you, I think it's just you get to the level you realise yourself that I'm at this level to play and for me that was probably 13 was my one of my best years and Jim had come in and I like played with Jim underage um, under 21 and stuff and uh, he just said to me I'd had a like Giller had kind of been me I had obviously the year in 2011 Monday I and came back I didn't play much at 12 and Jim just came in and goes right I think you're good enough to play, I'll give you a go. And that was it. That, that was about as much as Jim was going to say to you. It wasn't, he was picking you up any more than that. He goes, I'm going to give you games at the start mm. of the season and uh, go and do it. And if you don't, fair enough, don't come, yeah. don't come yeah. annoying me. like. And, and that was it. And you just get like, you get a run in the team and you start kicking a couple of scores. You played Cork in a league game, first league game in Croker and I got mad at a match and it was, that was it. I was like, Jesus, okay, I can actually do this Cause, mm-hmm. Despite all the going, conference and things like that, you might have. There's, there, I think, there's question marks in your head. You can be your own, you can be your own worst enemy at times, doubting yourself. Mm. For younger players, and you need that moment where it, where it clicks and it happens, and then you go, right, I'm ready to rock here now. And that's it. That was five years later for me from from Wheelough punching the head off me in a training match. <laughs> <laughs> when,
1: when when you're playing those A or B games, James, I, I presume that's. That's probably on oh nine or so. Is it? It's probably ten. Then you get your chance in the Oberon Cup. Ten, yeah. I wasn't.
2: No, I wasn't in a nine. Um, okay.
1: So it was ten when you first ten. came in. So you got you got your run in the Oberon Cup. Later. You're in
2: kind Magrath of training. the, the McGrath Cup. Cup. The McGrath Cup. McGrath Cup. McGrath Cup. Cup. Very very
1: important <laughs> to get our provincial names right in the in the preseason competition. Very apologies to all the monster people in there. I should have got the McGrath Cup right. That's my meed bias once more. It won't happen again until next week in the pod. Okay. So ten, you're breaking in. You get your shot in the McGrath Cup, couple of games, kick a couple of scores. And you can sign then yeah. to the A versus B game for the rest of that year. Like it's, I'm looking here, at the great Terrace Talk website, Wishy Fogarty's resource, has your career stats in a in a snapshot here. From 2010 to 2019, 40 championship appearances, 11, 100 in championship you scored. Like we were speaking about how difficult it is to score goals in championship football before. 11 goals in championship football is some going. Paddy, how many goals do you score in championship?
0: I wasn't interested in goals. They weren't for me. <laughs> I was too busy running away from goal, creating space for someone else.
1: Jesus.
2: 11 goals is nice now. They're happy with that. Uh, there's in, a few penos in there now. In 11,
1: Couple we can come, come back, back to, can come back to the penalties again. In 11, played three, three's a sub, scored two points. So you're getting your first kind of taste of it, of the game then. I'd say you're starting to get impatient yeah. then around 2012. You play six, you're starting most of them, as a sub, you scored one-eleven. Donegal beat Kerry that year, they go on and win the All-Ireland. 2013 rolls around and this is kind of when people started to take notice of James Donoghue um, you know you start against Tipperary in the first game you score 1-3 up against Waterford you kick two points Munster final then against Cork you, sk- you kick three and then we're into the All-Ireland semi-final against Kerry Dublin against Dublin Kerry against Dublin apologies
0: Jeez. you
1: don't to bear it me, you know this happens a bit you know this happens a bit James you're going to have to bear with me Twenty thirteen, you are you you're a rookie in twenty thirteen. Still, you, you've less than ten championship games, ten championship starts on your belt by that stage. Are you walking into Crow Park that day thinking, "I'm going to shoot the lights out here"? That I'm going to hit two three. No, geez, are you buzzing? Two no. three, <laughs> Two three. It was an well, epic. Um, Dublin obviously win it, but it was an epic that game. One of the great all Ireland semi finals. Yeah, it was a great
2: game. That was my first taste of. Of crow pair crow like as in it rocking underneath your feet. It's just <laughs> the greatest thing in the world. Like there's nothing that can or that can prepare you for that. There's no quarterfinal, no monster final. The monster final is good, in fairness, but like realistically, it's nothing like cropper against Dublin, as everyone knows. But um, in that, in that, I'm such a pity case. But in that monster final, like I tore my hamstring. Grade two. Okay. With about with about twenty minutes to go, but I stayed on and realistically made it worse. So I was out. I was out for the quarterfinal, and I just came back then for the for the semi. If if we played better in the quarterfinal, realistically, I probably wouldn't have been on for the semi final. Um but we only played alright against Kevin, so they they put me back in. And um, the only thing I can remember with that game is the name of I was up to me and Johnny Buckley before the game, and he said, Right, one E is taking a penalty, figure it out between yourselves. And right, good preparation. It was almost, it was almost the first bet yeah. to say no. It. Into the hill. Into the hill. Into the hill, yeah. But I, yeah, but, it, but you know what? That small thing kind of, um, I was thinking about that. I didn't think about anything else. It's Even just the before the game was like, we get a penalty <laughs> taking the bloody thing, <laughs> but I, uh, it settled me a bit for some reason. And then it's just what, nervous energy, so I was just running around and managed to get a ball off, off sure and so you get your first score, you're up and running.
1: What, what came first, the penalty or the the goal from the gooch pass? Goal, I think,
2: was it? gooch. Yeah, gooch gave an yeah. unbelievable pass, like the quarterback pass. Took the step yeah. back and then pinged the outside or the inside of the boot to Dunnick. Did and you see did that? Answer, or, went like that
1: did you spot that in real time when he takes a solo When he takes the three steps back opens up the pocket of space pops it curls it into Dunica did you see that or are you <laughs> timing your run you probably didn't cap that at the time did you
0: no one's seen it we, I swear to god Jimmy on that we spent about my god three hours the following week looking at this clip like our whole like we couldn't get we, we, I said we started a trend about nine o'clock that night like going <laughs> over that clip and was like how did this happen and poor El Kane Sullivan, like he stepped one step to the left or something, and this was the debate. It was like, "What are you doing, Kane?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" Like literally, <laughs> in half a second, one step, and Gooch puts it through to the lads. And uh,
2: but even the place,
0: magic, the magic stuff. Like, yeah,
2: but the place that the ball is caught there, that Dunica catches it like on the on the top of the deep. Even if you see now, whenever the ball is caught there, it's a goal chance. Like, it, it, it's like the, the golden area of the field, like, but. I suppose these days, there's so many bodies around there that you're going down the side and looping and kicking on the loop and all this. Like, there's not as much ball to go straight down that zone. Do you know, what I mean? so it's a goal chance as soon as the ball sticks there. But
1: you you clearly had goal on your brain. Like, you don't score 11 goals in Championship football, throwing a couple of penalties, but you don't score that amount of goals if you aren't thinking goal when you get the chance. Do you know, you can't receive that pass and think, all right, I might go for a goal here. Like, when you're taking that ball on the burst off dunnock on the shoulder, there's nowhere else that ball is going. We're finished now, yeah. I
2: suppose, but I think if someone was coming and tackling me, I think it would have been harder to kick a point. Kevin O'Brien, the, I think it was. it was. I think, I think yeah. it was Kevin O'Brien coming across. I took it a
0: pint over there,
2: I'd and have so been blocked. Or something, yeah. Mm. yeah, it was the only, because I was running the other way. I had to kick it back that way. Sure luck, really. Like, like it's the only place it could have gone because I'd have been blocked or already kicked it wide going for a point but it's just earlier in front of the goal if you hit the target there make the keeper make a save you might get a rebound even Do you know so even like shot stopping is kind of um, isn't as big in football anymore is it Do you know, like you're looking at kickouts and yeah. high balls are probably rated higher than shot stopping is a, how
0: goalkeepers are rated or how they're picked by coaches? Mm. yeah yeah. yeah, the kick, the kicker. We touched on it so many times last year. Even seeing it again at the weekend, Begging is obviously, especially now with Stephen stepping away. Begging and Morgan are probably the two main main guys in that field. And it's you're right; it's it's become so important. Whereas maybe ten or fifteen years ago, the kicker was just straight out the middle, and it was shot stopping really, which was which was the main thing. And it's nearly flipped full cycle now. So, um. Yeah, it's massive, massive change.
1: 14 rolls around. Did you feel like a different person in 2014? Because you were just on fire from the off. Um,
2: I suppose I was settling in at that stage, yeah. I felt, um, do you know what happened? Was a lot of our team from the under-21s came through at the same time. Okay, Like in 13, Galvin retired, Tomas retired, and Gooch to the crucial. Against Castle Bar for the crops, and there was a bit of a, a kind of a, you know, this is this is for real. No, we have to actually do it. Or do it, you know. That team had to come through and do something. So I suppose we did take on a bit more responsibility, just because it was kind of forced upon us, and it, you know, just kind of worked out in the end, really. But I suppose yeah, once you have that run of the team, and you settle. Your personality kind of grows into it and things, and you're you're a lot more
1: comfortable definitely. We will be doing a deep dive one of the days on the the Kerry perspective on the All Ireland semi final double header in fourteen. We will definitely be doing that. We will be going back into the twenty thirteen All Ireland semi final at some stage against Dublin. Um, there's plenty we can talk about there as well. Is there any when you look back on on the good days? Is there any day that stands out a particularly hot day down in Killarney, another day in Croker? Is there another Gaelic day Gaelic. say it one more time? Gaelic rounds. Gaelic rounds. Is there a day that stands out, James? Not even the or even the All Ireland final against Donegal in twenty fourteen. That you'll be looking back, smiling, saying that was the day.
2: I, I love to say when um when we beat Tyrone in fifteen, I, I thought we were I thought we were on a winner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we won the semi-final and We'd won it the year before. We'd Gooch back. We'd Tommy Walsh back. We'd Galvin back. And we were in the final against you. And our confidence was up. And then we just never showed up, you know, in the, in the final. We played so badly. But I suppose at that time, we were definitely at our most um, comfortable, you know, but it just didn't, and then didn't, didn't pan out like that. It's, it,
0: that final was, kind of, it, the final was spoiled, wasn't it? Like, like that was an absolute... Biblical day, rain like,
2: yeah,
0: and it was just like croak or slippy, like, I like, think people can see that, but, but rain like that, it wasn't, it, was it wasn't far off unplayable. Like, like normally mm-hmm. there's a bit of drizzle for 10 minutes and it stopped. This was sheets of rain for the entire 70 minutes. Um, and it was funny, it was like, you guys were the champions, like, I've touched on it before. 15 was a massive year for us because we, we felt we. We duffed it for what's a better word in 14, losing to Donegal. So we were really like that year. I think in all my time with Dublin, there was just a, an edge to everyone for the whole season. It was like, yeah. even Jim as well. Everyone, everyone in the camp, we were going on for that all Ireland, and that was the perfect final for everyone. Like, everyone wanted to see Kerry and Dublin play because we, we didn't play the year before, obviously, we lost the semi final to Donegal. And then you turn up on Croker, and it's like a monsoon. <laughs> so it, kind of, it wasn't a great game, like twelve nine for for those two teams with the players they had. That could have been, it could have been thirteen yeah. all over again. And we played the following year in the semi in sixteen, and there was another absolute. What was it twenty twenty Smash points it. to unbelievable. Yeah. Games. Yeah. So that was just a shame that day. You know, look, we, we won it, so we didn't, we didn't care in the end. But I think that would have been a special game as well. Um, I know you guys have felt you didn't perform and and. and we, we were similar enough but I suppose that's why finals can go that way you know
1: they were kind of the days like 13 and 15 when the dubs like you know the six in a row starts in 2015 you know Um mm-hmm. there was maybe a chink in the armor there James I don't know how you felt then in, in 16, 17, 18 19, 20 when you're watching it Um like did yeah. you feel well, there's no doubt into-
2: that the dub there's no doubt that the boys were the best but like You'd always fence yourselves to challenge him, you know, even just the confidence to go and, and rattle him. Was, and he, you know, he always felt like that. We, I think we did, yeah, we did, to be fair. Like in, in which was it, was a 16 with Peter Crowley?
0: Yeah, it was 16 semi, yeah. It's the only, Kev's only made two or three tackles his whole career and, and they've been big ones. And that was a, oh, it was touch and go. It was a brave call not to give it. Like, was, there a, was there a point in it at that stage?
2: Was that it? There was a point in it in yeah. the last, last minute. This is the and Peter Crowley. Peter, this is the Peter to... Crowley. Yeah, Peter's yeah. coming yeah. through the
0: middle on the 45. So if it's a free, it's, it's nailed on. It's a score. I, yeah.
1: I remember uh, it was David Goff. It was
2: a foul. I'm pretty convinced.
1: I'm pretty convinced it was a foul. Who was the ref? It was, ref. God, it was David Goff's, wasn't it? Goff. I didn't he was... give
0: it.
2: Jesus. Will you go ahead? Goff, uh, man. I
0: would go Please
2: yeah he, he was running through the middle I'd say he was top of the D and we just brought on Sheehan it was a 14 yard free for Sheehan he, like, he didn't miss them and in uh, fairness it was a savage hit but it was just front on and he went up mm. then and kicked the point I
0: scores Durban scores that point off the left outrageous is that that score
2: I'm not sure And all it was one of them anyway, it wasn't that either. one it was the next one
0: yeah that was another one. That was an incredible. That kind of game gets overlooked from thirty, but that was
2: that was a savage game. I remember we we pressed your kick out and uh, that we'd have four luck.
0: four and four.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> went short, didn't he? And Ganey gave it to Darren for a goal. Yeah, yeah. and then it's game on. Then you know, once you have, um, we, were
0: kind of, we were in front, if I, if I recall, and then just before you do, what was it? Five minutes before our time, you go right four four four. Yeah. It's a ballsy call, it's oh, brave. Geez. And they, they did it in nineteen as well. And we knew you we were gonna do it. And uh, That's, for McCaffrey's goal.
1: That sorry to go back. That was the Connolly point. I I've seen that Connolly point on loop a hundred times, the one in sixteen. Yeah, I true. never realized the context of it. Seventy-four yeah. minute takes it off Mannion, opens up on the left. It's one of the most ridiculous scores.
0: I don't think I kicked the ball that mm. far my left foot. Never mind, Kick it over the bar from there. Like. That was that was him, like just
2: it was outrageous. I think that day he had like I think he had like fifteen shots at the post or something, something <laughs> outrageous. Honestly, if you check the stats, he just yeah. was on it. Yeah, he was. That just was Different him, grade. He, different grade. He, he
0: didn't know what he was going to be like, but when he he look, I've always said it, every, and he talked to anyone. He's the best, like, like when he talent wise, like, oh, there's no one yeah. like it or the Khan, Mannion, the Kenny, all these guys, Burnham, Flinner, all of them. When Durban was on it, like, he was like,
1: forget about it. Yeah. I don't <laughs> want to, I don't,
0: some of those scores, that was it.
1: I don't want to put words in David Goff's mouth, but um, we've spoken to him before about 2016, and I'm oh, fairly yeah. sure watching it back here that he is unsighted by Mick for Simons, just as McMinniman. Now, it is have, 100% it's in- a free. And but is you know what the thing the is, D.
2: Tommy? Yeah? The
1: Where's the line from there?
2: It's there's a point in it. It's the easy decision to give the leveler. Yeah. It's nearly it would have been a harder decision to give if it was level already. Yeah. I don't well, think
1: he sees it I he, I don't he, think he sees even if even if he, even if he it.
2: cups out even if he cups out on the decision you give it the free no, <laughs> just no. draw it up no, just shown. draw it up the man no, no, no 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 are you watching it there Tommy I'm watching
1: it here lads and he Kevin McManaman nails Peter Crowley in the face and I remember chatting to Peter Crowley about it one what like do you mean man make that call like Christ, no, but, but clearly you can see actually Fitzsimons and his, his heavily chiseled shoulders are actually blocking Goff's line. It of view is just it's just getting
0: fantastic. in the way as usual. A it's a bit like there.
1: Colin Fenley at the weekend with TJ Reed's free. That was a streak of genius, wasn't it? Just getting in the way of the keeper. Did you notice that when TJ is lining up that free? Fenley was just that We got it in. Was that it?
0: Pretty it much, yeah.
1: As TJ goes to pick it up, Fenley starts moving across and they don't move him out of the way. The keeper sprints around Fenley to try and get a better position try and get a line of view and if the keeper i stayed where he was there's a good chance it would have hit him but um, EJ, some man, some yeah, I'm up. not saying I'm not saying Mick Fitzsimons unsighted the referee on purpose but there that was planned that was a set play them's the breaks. <laughs> they're the bricks <laughs> yeah, yeah. they are the breaks. but uh, but yeah James you had a, I know you probably look back at, at times and say that injuries caught you and Jesus you were plagued but my god you know an all-star in 13 all-star twice, Footballer of the Year and all the medal. You had a great run of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, in fairness, definitely, but realistically, I'll always think, you know, it could and should have been better. If I if I knew now about my body, then, so you know, if I knew then what I know now about my body, I think I'd have got an extra couple of years out of it at a good level, which is just a disappointing thing. Um, But so there's no point in, in looking back. I'm looking forward to a couple of a couple of years with with Legion now and trying to win a bit of trophy or win a few trophies. And you know that's it. Yeah. But no, I'm delighted with my lot and like being involved with Kerry and Paddy knows of being involved in Dublin. It's it's a lifestyle for ten or twelve years. You know, it's um you can never say you'd you'd regret any of it because it shapes your life for that long. You know, even if it doesn't go too well, it still takes everything out of you. You know,
1: I I take it you live in the town in Clarny and you're you're from the town, you're of the town. I can I can tell how important the club is to you. You know, as intense as it is being a Dublin footballer and being, you know, so well known around the country playing in that era, there must be a, a different type of um, intensity in being a Kerry footballer. <laughs> like you, you can never, at least Clarny the Dubs, can be a place, all right at least in certain
0: Looking parts of Dublin
1: I'd say you could go <laughs> to the south side parts of the south side and nobody would know you like
0: whereas uh, James
1: massive, I'm massive on the south side He's
2: <laughs> <laughs> probably the Killarney to be fair is probably one of the the lesser intense spots okay. like the smaller the town, the more intense in Kerry um, especially if they have a, a player involved Do you know then it's it, it ramps up but um or come the summer, there's nothing, nothing else And fellas' minds, only the All Ireland. Like, it's it, it's unbelievable to be involved in, to be fair. Um, but when it doesn't go your way, it's a long way back, you know. So, it's been a long way back. <laughs> Good few yeah. years yeah. of the drama, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, the summer but- or the winter probably flies for the boys in Dublin when they're back. know, so, the winter flies. actually, oh, it's a long winter there when you're after getting bait in a tight game or. Or a replay or oh do you know. Paddy Patty, Patty has they're a they're famous
1: players. Patty has a famous quote around these parts Nine months a monk, three months is the king of coppers or the crown prince of, <laughs> crown, <laughs> crown prince of coppers. Um Well, at so least cool. at least James, you're not gonna have people asking you over the next couple of weeks and months, Are you gonna be back? All you can do is say, Go listen to the exclusive interview on the football <laughs> pod. Tune in. That's my lot. I've retired. So listen, James, so, so, congratulations. Congr- Congratulations.
0: Have you, Jimmy.
1: Congratulations, yeah, best Donald. of luck on your uh, your new era as uh, Paddy Andrews' co-host on the Football Pod. <laughs> <laughs> will, we get talk- will we get talking a bit of football, lads? Probably sure. Yeah. as well. Yeah. We're, um, <laughs> we are very, very close to the real football kicking in. We've had pre-season for the last couple of weeks. We've had some lovely Sigurdsson action. We've had... Um, Galway winning the FBD League. We've had Kerry winning the McGrath Cup. I got that one right. Over in Leinster, Dublin came by leash at the weekend. Paddy, I know you had an eye on that. And up in Ulster, Monaghan held off Donegal. Probably a poor enough affair, but there there have been some good games in in Ulster over the last couple of weeks. Um, Some exciting games. Monaghan beating our man a penalty shootout and uh, Tyrone getting hammered by Cavan. So, you know, the, the appetite has been whetted over the last couple of weeks. I'd love to know, James, as one of your first tasks as a host on the football pod, what team are yeah. you looking forward to seeing over the next couple of weeks?
2: I have a couple, but okay. I will, no, I'll nail it down. First of all, I think Division 2 is very tight this year. And I think that if you, if you break the, the whole thing down into your top four, you've got your Dublin, Mayo, Tyrone, Kerry, there's probably six or eight teams under that mm. that are going to give it, mm. you know, that could have a great year. And Derry, for me, are the ones that could seriously rattle Ulster. Because if you think back to their season last year, they got beat by Donegal. Very tight. By title. point. Oh. By awesome. wonder point. Mm-hmm. Donegal get beat by Tyrone and Tyrone go on and, and win it so the, the Derry boys are kind of thinking are we that far off this year do you know and they're up in Division 2 their first two fixtures are winnable they've down yeah. at home they've Offley. and then they've Cork at home I think if yeah. they could win two if they could win the first two their four points they could be getting promoted to Division 1 and they're going into the ultra Championship with their gander up mm-hmm. and I think that they're a coming team and they're like they're going to be hard to beat. Definitely in Ulster this year. I fancy them to have a good year. Good answer, Paddy, isn't
0: it? Yeah. And like we, we, they they were not a division three team. No. They they were above that level as, and you could see that. But like we said, and touching on with Andy previously, and it's the same from from our time as playing, there's always two or three three teams who get momentum through the National League. And, And, Who's that going to be this year? And you look at Derry last year, they were so. It was one of the best games of the championship. Their game against Donegal and Ballybuffet, mm-hmm. and then they don't Derry. get Derry, don't get the shot off in the last minute. They have the ball for two or three minutes and don't get the shot off. They were very close.
1: They butchered a few goal chances too, that day.
0: They, they, they had opportunities to win that game. Um, and agree with James you, saying, like Donegal, if Murphy doesn't get sent off against Throne, could that swing in It's a completely different story in the season, but. Yeah we will be very interesting to see uh, and you're looking at the top teams hasn't changed in the last decade. It's been Dublin really? and Kerry and Mayo. Tyrone have kind of flitted in and out of it but Donegal never really delivered on their promise that's we've touched on that Declan Bonner not mm-hmm. back for another year I've, I've said it and, and even looking again at the weekend, the McKenna Cup final, I feel they've underachieved with that core group of players they have. They've got some generational players and they've never seemed to deliver on it. Uh, and you're looking, who is the team that is going to take the step? Like Mayo did in 2012 with James Horn. They came out of nowhere. They were in that bracket where they might win a Connacht title and then they'd lose and they didn't really beat any of the big teams. And James horn comes in in 2012 and propels Mayo into the top bracket. And they've been there for since... They've had a decade there. Who was going to be the team? Are Galway, is Powered Up, Joyce and Devo going to get something out of Galway? They were very disappointed. and They threw away their Division One status last year, losing that game up in Clonus against Monaghan. They're a massive county, but massive talent. Can they, win, can they steamroll Division Two? get momentum and go in and take on Mayo in the, in the Connacht Championship and push themselves into that bracket? Cork. All the run the eight success new coach comes in an under twenty one All Ireland winning coach mm. and you are thinking, just Tyrone had that that impact last year with, with Logan and they coming in having won another twenty one All Ireland and all of a sudden that core group of players comes through. Cork should be in that bracket. Like they were there in, in the nineties competing. They won the All Ireland in twenty ten. They're mm. a massive county. Can they start challenging? And then the team I'm, I'm interested in, I just think the story. It's like. yeah, like Something you get in a, a Hollywood story, Kildare. Yeah, the first game is in Newbridge against Kerry. Jacko's coming back. That caused them. Um, the Kildare people were, were up in arms about how that scenario was handled. But they have brought in Glenn Ryan, Anthony Rainbow, Johnny Doyle, and Dermot Early. They're arguably their four greatest players. And last week, if that's not enough. In a little bit more stardust, and we bring in Galvin to go with it. If I I am a young player in Kildare, if I am a Kildare supporter, a massive football county, the tradition there, they are football mad. There's got to be incredible excitement there. They're back in division one. That big game between them and Meade, who was going to be probably the second team in Leinster. Kildare won it convincingly
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, down in Newbridge last year, and it was a big blow to Meade and Andy McAdee, but Kildare to get into Division One with that management team, what are they going to do? And they host Kerry in the first game in Newbridge this weekend. What a game that's going to be. What an atmosphere that's going to be. Full houses again. It's like a perfect storm for them. From Division 1, I'm I'm interested to see what they do, what the guys can bring to them. That's a young, energetic management team. What are the players going to do? Can they build on the kind of foundations that Jacko was put in? And then in Division 2, I agree. I think Derry are going to be strong. I'm excited to see them. But I'm, Galway it, it's a big year for Joyce and Galway
1: yeah I agree it's,
0: they are a massive county massive tradition can they get in and start challenging in that top bracket because look, look, we can talk about Dublin and Kerry all night and I'm sure we will over the next three or four months they are going to be there they're going to be in the mix Toronto are the all the Champions give us a new team to take on these teams and, and that's what we're going to see over the next eight weeks in the National League
1: yeah, Galway are definitely an interesting team this year. James, I'll be keen to get your take on Galway. We might leave it a game or two into the league to get it. One of the interesting things I noticed about Galway in the FBD league is that they had Shane Walsh and his bleach blonde tips. They had a new fullback, Sean Fitz, and a mullet. And they also had Kieran Malloy and his uh, his ponytail coming in. So a couple of different hairstyles going on there. You know, I don't know whether they're hit and miss, James. I don't know what you're like you're for your championship cuts before games. But um, come here, Paul Galvin in Kerry, you mentioned it, or in Clare, you mentioned it briefly earlier on, what he did for you as a young player and his coaching yeah. on the pitch and the influence he had. What did you think when you saw that? What can Paul Galvin bring? He's obviously had experience with Wexford. It didn't work out for a number of reasons. It was a tough time in Wexford at the time. They were competing with the hurlers. There was a bit of tension going on with David Fitzgerald. Um, he was probably trying to change a culture at a time when Wexford football was was probably quite low it it was was a difficult couple of probably a couple of years it was a tough time it was a pandemic time as well so it was a a difficult time to be an County boss that's a hard gig at the best of times it is what what are you expecting now in there with Paul Galvin
2: I think Paul must be promised a lot of training time to go in there you know because he's not going to go in and just have a look he's going to go in there hands-on. So, like, they must have promised him some good coaching time with those players. And if he gets it, the improvement that he can bring to a team is unreal, in my opinion. Because what Kilaire have had, probably in the the last couple of years, even since McGinney, they've had the physicality, they've had the fitness, Mm. but they were just missing something up front to kind of unlock the door they might score 15 or 16 points, but can they get the, the two 15 or 16, do you know to take them to the next level? Like Galvin has that in the locker to give them. And there's definitely enough forwards there to do the business for him. So like realistically, as Paddy says, the excitement up there is going, to be, is going to be unreal. So if he can go in and just tweak, what he's going to do, he's going to tweak their foot passing because that's his thing. He's obsessed with foot passing. Inside of the boot, 20 or 30 air passes, with vision, with a bit of class, the right run from the inside forward, not into out, out to in. He must have told me that 10,000 times when we were training. He didn't want to see you run out to the sideline. Yeah. He wants to see the fake to the sideline back in for the goal chance. Like, if he can get his hands stuck in properly to that Kildare team, they will be a force, I think. The only thing about them is they're in Division 1 and with a new management, if you get a bad start, mm. How will it go down? I think they'll get, they'll obviously get the backing in Kildare because they're legends and they have mm. unbelievable history. But just in terms of the group, if they were in Division 2 and they got four or five wins on the yeah. bones, you'd almost think would it be more beneficial to them than losing a couple in, in Division 1?
1: Yeah. Well well you're right like it's it's Kildare Kerry they're at home the first time around. Like that is going to be a humdinger that that first game it's going to be brilliant. Newbridge or to, nowhere. Newbridge or nowhere. There you go. Then they're going up to Gall <laughs> in round 2. There's a 2 week break. They're playing Tyrone the All Ireland champions above an Oma, And then their fourth game is going to be against Dublin. Newbridge or nowhere once more, and then you've got
2: Newbridge.
1: Yeah, is that down, Newbridge? It, well, it's down for Newbridge in my uh, in my GA schedule for twenty twenty two in my XL that will be moved to
2: Croagh It probably I'll will. Yeah, I'll ring someone.
1: Hold <laughs> on, I'll ring <rank> someone now. <laughs> then they've I'll got Armagh. The they've got Armagh, and then it's Kildare Monaghan in round six, and round seven is going to be Kildare against Mayo over in Castlebar. So. Like it's division up. one, that's that's where, but that's that's where you need to be. Like that's where you a need to be. Who's getting relegated
0: from division one, lads? Come on, give it to me. Are we calling it right
1: now? Yeah, give me two teams that are getting wiped out. I think I would, James. I'd like you to going to put. No, I'm not going <laughs> to I'm going to give. i to think. I'll take my next one. Russia one. Okay, I give you Russia
2: okay, right. one. I'll go for first. Tyrone. Say it again because I, I don't think... think we heard you. Oh, oh,
1: oh hold on. It's great it to say it.
2: <laughs> I think Tyrone will be under pressure because of the way the season falls this year. Hold on. Under pressure and I think or relegated? Last year.
1: No, oh, but well,
0: this is relegation we're talking about here. No messing. She you think they're down, yeah? Okay. The
2: only thing I'd say. Well, I, mean, I think it'll be very close. I think it's going to be very close. But realistically, last year, right, and the way Doher operates, he brought Tyrone down to Kerry last year, and he did not care about that result. He could have literally thrown out anyone. They came down and they came down on the Friday. They went training. I think the game was on the Saturday. They trained again on the Saturday and they went playing the match on Saturday. (laughs) Like I think Doher is a different animal when it comes to the league. Mm -hmm. I don't think he takes as much interest in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that after the holiday, they might train through that league, sacrifice the results, and go at it for the championship. Uh, If they do, it could put them under pressure.
0: The first game is interesting. They play Monaghan at home in the first game, which like Monaghan, like they won the McKenna Cup, but if I'm looking at last season's league, for Monaghan, we're lucky to stay in Division One. I know.
1: Monaghan, so, or Monaghan or Monaghan, though, they're so difficult
0: it, to beat. But that's in terms of on paper, you're looking at that, that's one of the easier games to kick off the National League with.
1: Mm. They
0: play Monaghan at home. If they're beaten there that does put them under pressure. I agree with James. And, and you look at Monaghan there, I, I was imp- it wasn't a great game on Saturday night. No. We were, t- we were What's and it wasn't great to watch. January football is not great at the best of times. But the way that game panned out, with both teams were very, very, very cagey. But Monaghan were impressive. They went nine points up against Donegal with 20, 25 minutes to go. And I was thinking, these boys are ready to rock. They know they're coming into Division 1. They realised they had a scare last year. They almost beat Toronto in the Ulster final, to be fair to them. So it could have turned out to be a brilliant year for them. But I feel Manning are going to be sharp in, in the National League. But the worry, the last 20 minutes, like another 10 minutes in that game, Donegal are going to turn them over. And that's, I suppose, the, the power of Michael Murphy. Still, yeah. he just comes in, his presence. Um. So... I think that's an interesting one. Like I said I'm going to keep an eye on Toronto over the first couple of games. Um, but in terms of if they're picking a game, that's not that's not a bad one to start with. But like I say, if it's, I agree with you. Yeah. If it doesn't go for them, then they're, it's an uphill battle for them. Uh, yeah, Calder are interesting. Meade like, came up to Division One two years ago and they lost every game, and, and that's that is the challenge. That if there's such a gulf you feel between the top teams and and the next tier down. So, hmm. Kildare, it's going to be interesting to see like, the start they get. If, if Kerry come down and, and turn them over easily and Kerry are moving sharp for this time of year, that puts Kildare right up against it as well. And to be fair, like, Mayo have never really been, I know they won the National League for the first time in, what was it, 2019 they won the league, to bet Kerry in the final. And that
1: was other a big win for them, yeah.
0: But other than that...
1: They did, they're further relegation a lot, they did.
0: Mayo were not arsed with the National League. For for for, but, for years. I remember playing them numerous times and the guys were, were only coming back and James Horan wasn't overly interested in it. They were back up from Division 2. Division 2 was good for them last year mm-hmm. in terms of building that conference. Barr obviously killing him and getting injured in, down in Ennis against Clare. But that was, in terms of the, the period that team was in and the younger guys coming through, Division 2 was really good for them. But Mayo don't want to go back down to Division 2 again.
1: Yeah, I, I've been kind feeling Mayo- a feeling
0: there. I expect to be a bit more focused in the national yeah, league
1: I agree I think we're going to see a decent showing from Mayo in this league campaign because we've got the back-to-back Ireland finals but some of those players are still quite you can still say they're quite inexperienced even though they got the back-to-back Ireland finals there's quite a young group of players there there's been a massive turnover Killian O'Connor is going to get some game time in the league which will be great to yeah. see Jason That's Doherty's great. going to be back They've had the great win last week of uh, obviously the lotto and then obviously Ushin Mullenstein as well. So do you know like they're gonna be very interesting too. I think in division two, yeah, you're right, Derry Offley. Gonna be great to see what Thomas O'Shea and John Mahan get to do with those young lads in the twenties and getting a look at them. Um you've got Claire, Claire and Offley in the first game is gonna be a great game. Go with in Pierce yeah. Stadium. Where's Common Cork in the Hyde. In Division Three, there's so many new managers this year, lads. Like it's it's, it's so interesting. In division three, you've got Ling, Limerick against Longford. So, new management team of Billy O'Loughlin and Longford. You've got Fermanagh, Kieran Donnelly uh, as, as a first time inter county boss up against Antrim and McGinley. It'll be interesting to see Paddy how McGinley and his charges get on again. You've got Mickey Harts loud up against Leash and Billy Sheehan um, taking over Leash. Who had a decent Burn Cup campaign after their opening loss to Wexford. You've got West Mead then against Wicklow and Colin Kelly down there in Wicklow. Another new management team. Then in Division Four, we've got Carlo against London. You've got Leitrim against Cavan. That's a, that's a tough one. A tough opener for Andy Moran and Leitrim. But that'll be interesting. That's at home in Carrick and Shannon at two o'clock on Sunday.
0: Looking at this, Tommy, and we, Cavan should not be in Division 4. No. That was a, a catastrophic season for them. Having won the Ulster Champions, the Ulster Champions were relegated to Division 4. Relegated that by Wicklow
1: and Navin. Yeah.
0: That shouldn't yeah, happen. Um, I would expect them to to have a serious bounce back this year. You've seen, obviously, their mechanical Cup victory against Throne. I'm expecting, Look, I'm hoping it goes well for Andy, of course we are, mm. but Cavan, if they're playing anywhere near their potential and the kick in the backside they got last year, should be winning that division and, and along with Tipperary as well. They yeah, although, although Tip,
1: Tip have lost Quinlevin. Do you know, that's, that's yeah. like one of the most talented footballers in the country is missing from Tipperary's forward line. So that's not going to be easy. And they lost a couple of other players, Tipperary. So that'll be tough. They're playing Waterford first day up and they have Leitrim. It's Tip Leitrim. So not an easy, uh, opening campaign for Andy Moran and Leitrim. It is the, uh, provincial winners of 2020, yeah. Tipperary and Cavan in Ulster up, uh, in their first two games. And it's Wexford Sligo, Tony McEntee Sligo up against Wexford and, uh, yeah, we might come back to back in a few minutes because a couple of interesting appointments down there too. Uh quickly, lads, and we are going to keep this one quick. I want a player to watch in 2022. Patty, I'll go to you first. If you give us who just give us a player to keep an eye on someone you think is gonna it doesn't have to be a complete bolter, someone you think is gonna have a bit of a breakout this year, a bit of a, a bit of a say on the championship and the year ahead.
0: Ooh, I'm gonna go with Maddie Tierney from Galway. Okay. I know whether whether we'll see much of them on, on TV coverage over the next while. It, it's obviously going to be heavily focused on Division One, but I think he's vice captain as well. Hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I was impressed with him last year. I yeah. think he's, he's an I think he's an exceptional player. There were some moments in games where I was thinking that is ballsy for thinking, a player of his age. You're thinking money. You're money.
1: He was clutched that yeah. day. Yeah.
0: Um. We're talking about teams taking the next step and pushing through. For to do that, you need new players to stand up and, and bring them from. would say the doldrums. Like Division Two was not the doldrums, but but for Galway, you know, you're thinking of our age, growing up lads, and that team winning in ninety eight to thousand and one, some mm. iconic players. That's where you associate Galway being. And I think if they're going to get to where they want to get to, we're talking about winning Division Two, maybe winning the iconic Championship, being in the mix. I think Maddie Tierney will be a massive, massive player along with their their established guys, the Comer and Walsh of these fellas. But yeah. where are they playing? Will they
2: target midfield? I'd say or eleven, or eleven. 11, midfield midfield or 11 yeah, yeah. I
0: think you get more for a younger player if in out the middle of the field. It's probably easier. If that makes you sense? Get more Going to get more space. It's going to get more ball if you're playing at eleven. Will, some of man marking that, that that might be harder for younger players, but I think with with his athleticism and his football ability and his, his physique, get him out in the middle of the pitch and try and get him on the ball. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested to see how he gets on, yeah.
1: Who are you looking at, James?
2: I reckon that it's a big year for staying in Connacht, Ryan O'Donoghue from Mayo. Um, because if you think about his mentality going into this year, right, he's got Kenny O'Connor coming back. Is he thinking, oh no, Killian's coming back, where am I? Or is he thinking, I have to keep Killian out? Am I going to take my game out to another level? Or is he thinking, myself, Killian and Tommy Conroy can kind of have a bit of a a threesome going there. So like, if mm-hmm. his mentality is right, he could have an unbelievable year. I'm just looking at what he did last year. Mm-hmm. Like In the all Ireland Final, he got eight points. Seven of them were frees, but to kick eight points is still good going. Oh, he was honest. You know? Yeah, yeah.
1: He had a big yeah. battle with
0: Hamsey He had a big battle with Hampsey Yeah. yeah.
2: Now he, uh, missed, he missed the penalty and that could rock a fella. But realistically, we're hoping his mentality is on it. He got five points against Dublin in the semi-final. He got one three in the Connacht final. And if you think about a young fella coming through, he's 23. He got those three games in Crow Park. He got the Connacht final in Crow Park last year. Yeah. I think every single game in Crow Park is massive. unbelievable for development. Yeah, So he has taken the weight on his shoulders in those three big games in Crow Park. Fair enough, he lost one of them in the final, but he still showed big personality to, to play well in those games. I think that if he can have his mentality right, he can be a great player this year.
0: Well, look, he had a massive year with the club as well. Yes. I, know they fell short, short, I know they fell short in the end, but he was kind of he was the main man dragging that his club to the, to the county final as well. But
2: I you know like what? he's mentality. more than. like I, yeah, I, I, he's more than a he's more than a,
0: a just a footballer as well. He's lovely, but yeah. tackler. Mm. It's it's hard, just, yeah, like, yeah. I, I I I like his mentality, and we touched on it last year. You're looking at him; he's a little. But he's a background in boxing,
1: doesn't he? In a background in soccer, as well, you know? going
0: around the pitch tackling guys. If you have that in your locker as a forward, that nearly gets you into the Even if, like I say, your, your shooting might be a bit off, or. You might be doing the obvious stuff, but that gets you into a game.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and I, like you're looking at Mayo, I would have always said, we would have felt it in our games against them when we played and, and, and that great rivalry that it, it was hard for Mayo to rack up the biggest scores. It always felt, it, for them to get 118 or, or 215 or 216, it was a massive task for them to get that on the, on the biggest stage. And ultimately that, that's why they fell short in the games. It was never... It wasn't their backs fast enough. Their backs did a fair, decent job of, of shackling teams. That was my worry for them last year with killing getting injured. I know I said it against Dublin in the semi-final. I, I didn't think they'd have the scoring power and it, Dublin kind of collapsed in that second half and, and Mayo ended up winning it with, I think, 15 or 16 points. Mm-hmm. But in the All-Ireland final, the, the, the old challenge, the old demons came back to me that thrown just kept them in arms length. They weren't going to outscore that Throne team, whereas now you look the, the development in Conroy and, and Ryan O'Donoghue last year, and you bring Killian back in, that is that is a serious, serious full forward line. It was always kind of Andy and, Andy and Killian. There was the two lads. Now you've got three guys there. If they yeah. already come back, it's a big ask, injuries and stuff like that. But you've those three in a full forward line.
1: But even if you're getting game a handful time. handful for anyone, for any team. I think as well, though, Paddy, I think, and Andy would have said it quite a bit last year too, Tommy Conroy, he, he was crying out for Conroy to be a bit deeper at times as well. And when the game opened up against Dublin in that third quarter and laid on, Conroy driving from deep, like we saw how yeah, he's, big, he's how much he beefed up exactly. last year. that had sued him to play a bit deeper as well if the two lads were inside. James, I just wonder, when you look at Ryan O'Donoghue and you look at him winning an all-star last year and he took on so much responsibility, do you see yeah. shades of yourself in ways or or a little ways right? 13, 14, 15? Because... Okay, you obviously you win the All-Ireland, but you had the All-Star before the All-Ireland and then you had the injury with Gooch and Gooch coming back in. And I don't know whether you had questions yourself about where you were going to face. Well, you obviously didn't. You were footballer of the year, running the footballer of the year going in that year. But did you did you yeah, switch I, your mentality at all? Did you have to? Or were you just on such a high that you knew you just had to maintain the levels you were hitting?
2: I, I'm actually not sure. I think that we were just kind of, as a team on the way up, I think we had... Um, We were just growing together. Okay. And I think that Mayo, realistically, could be on the same trajectory. I think that Mayo are going to be very dangerous. If you're thinking about, right, defensively, you put your two best backs on their two best forwards. But if there's a third fella who is going to cause you that much damage, you're going to be in trouble. That's why Dublin are so successful. Realistically, they have six going forwards at all times. And when we played, actually, when we played Dublin in, I don't know, it was a 16. You were, were chasing the game against us. You might have been a couple of points down. They ended up with eight forwards on. Yeah. They had two forwards in midfield and the two wing backs. I forget who they were. I think they might have put Kilkenny wing back and someone else on the other side. They had eight scoring forwards on the field. There's no team that can have that. Like, you need scoring forwards. I think that Mayo have an extra one this year. Okay. It's going yeah, to yeah. seriously, it's going to help them out. But we'll, we'll see. I think to, for them to come over the line in the in the All final, I think they have to take the lead. They have to go in a half time. Yes, four up. They have to go in on. four up. <laughs> <laughs> they have to go in three or four up, and they have to and give it that championship. 20 points basically, there's a
1: checklist. <laughs> checklist. Score a penalty. Don't score an own goal and don't concede a goal after thirteen seconds. That's probably up on the, the Mayo agenda next year if they get to the all final oh, Was it thirteen seconds Dean Rock's goal that year? Um a Okay. Game, yeah. It's it's a, it's very exciting, lads. Um a couple of quick-fire questions to to wrap on. If, if if that's all right, James, can we keep you a little bit longer? I, I promised you in around an hour and ten minutes, but we've gone a little bit over. Yeah, it. For it. We have Formford here on the football pod. Um, okay, we're going to leave Cork for next week. We'll come back. I think we'll do a bit of a deep dive. I think Paddy's interested in hear about Cork football from you and where they've been over the last while. Paddy, we we touched briefly on Dublin's re, uh, reset last week. You spoke about that. Let's leave another week and see how what what turns up on the first weekend against Armagh. Yeah, Tom O'Connor's been in touch. And he's asking about the trend of managers playing forwards as wing backs already this year. He spotted it a couple of times. Niall Scully wearing seven, Sean Bugler playing wing back, Amy Mackin playing number seven for Armagh already this winter. Paddy, I was gonna to go to you first, but I think, I know you've played in the backs. James O'Donoghue, have you ever once been handed a jersey lower than 13? <laughs> no.
0: you didn't
1: even get an 11 not even
2: an 11 you are the
1: ultimate forward yeah yeah
2: (laughs) like number seven and number five run the game the way it's gone at the moment like the amount of ball they get in hand looking up the field probably with a bit of time and space as well like if you can have your more creative players there Mm-hmm. you're you're going to do some serious damage and looking at all the top teams even Keegan going forward from halfback you know you got you got Gavin White and Tom Sullivan from Kerry all these fellas like if you're creative enough from that position you can make cake so I, I'm not surprised at all to see forwards going to the backs and especially if you're like if you're a team that kind of dominates possession you're not going to be exposed as much there's mm-hmm. no reason not to do it yeah you know,
0: you know I think it's an interesting trend right Last season, everyone was excited about the National League and the way the Championship went. Everyone seemed to be just playing more expansive football. Throne came in and and it was kind of, I wouldn't say they ripped up the playbook for Mickey Hart, here, but you could see there was just kick passing, Armagh, attack from everywhere. Yes. The Northern teams were traditionally kind of (laughs) the more cagey affairs. (coughs) Sorry, excuse me. Whereas football seemed to be like we're moving away from the blanket defense and everyone was excited. We've got a lot of narrative and a lot of coverage through the media. And that's you're seeing that forward, attacking players in the half-back line, driving forward. That's what everyone loves to see. It was brilliant to watch. I'm mean, interested to see, does that trend carry on in this season's National League? It's back to a normal, traditional season. What I've seen to date, and I don't know if the McKenna Cup final is just burned into my head from Saturday <laughs> night. Our team's going <laughs> back. Our team's going back to, let's get set up an engagement. Like, Let's get out to the 65 and get 15 guys behind the ball. Like that worked for Monaghan on, on Saturday night. Um, Duny- Gall, when- there was nothing new from Donegal. I was thinking, are, are you still going, going down that road? Like that, I thought, I thought we'd seen the back of that and that football had a shelf life. But we'll see, I suppose, over the first couple of rounds of the National League, is that expansive style of play still going to be there? It's hard Definitely. in these conditions. Or are we going to see all-out attack from the half-back line. Like you say, we're forward, yes. that's what we want to see, but time will tell over the first two or three weeks of the season. 100%. I
2: think that's it's going to go It's going to go that way because even if you look at the soccer scene and you have your Jose Mourinho parked the bus kind of mentality, it's gone. Mentality, like it, it's gone, it's gone. There's ways you can pick around it. If yeah. you get the right, the right tactics, you can pick around it. I think that those days of getting bodies behind the ball they're not. They're not going to last because fellas can chip points from from angles. And it's not working. Oh, I don't so. think that 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 style is not winning the All Ireland for the next couple of no
1: years. No chance. Think. No chance. Okay. Um, that is going to be one we're keeping an eye on over the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, an- another quick one. Um, Wexford hurling. Dara Egan has pulled a bit of a coup here. He's got Billy Walsh working in the background on the in the Wexford hurling team, and now he's got Gordon Darcy involved as well. That's very interesting. But what I would like to know is, Paddy, I don't know how many backroom members have been involved in your time in Dublin. I'm sure there's been quite a few, but How's I would it? like the two of you to pick out someone from your time playing inter-country football and tell us about a character or one of your favourite backroom team members that you would have had. It can be a kit man, it can be a nutritionist. What are you
0: looking for here now, Tommy? Are you looking for like a brilliant coach in the background or
1: more a more character, like a personality? I think personality is what we're looking for. We can b- come back to the brilliant, you know, the, the brilliant uh, coaches again. Or, and these people can be brilliant coaches and characters. It can be whatever way you want it to be. I know I'm throwing it at you on the, on the hop here, but there must be somebody who stands out.
0: I'd say one of the most important roles of the team, and a good friend of the pop, Barry Solon, came on last year. In any team, your physios and your doctor need to be selled. <laughs> they're, uh, they're nearly like the agony ants in the dressing room. Everyone has to go in. with getting strapped and whatever you're getting your robes. You're getting ready for training. There's usually two physios there, and there's twenty lads there. That's where the crack happens. Like so, you need you need sound lads and a bit and a bit of energy there. And they're guys, you can have a bit of a laugh with. Because yes. when it comes to the coach, coach is the coach. You're very formal. It's like you're any conversations you're there. You're usually. Like talking about tactics, or you're trying to get a game, so so they're harder. And selectors are the same, maybe a bit more laid back. But I think medical teams are usually they play a massive role in the, in the environment. Uh, uh, and two guys I'd say from my time, one a guy called John Courtney, uh, the Colonel as he's known. You might see him on Twitter the odd time. Yeah, he's
1: doing he's uh, doing a hundred days of walking
0: or something like that. Yeah, the minute he, he actually he's getting the mileage up. Uh, he's actually a Cork man living in there and he was with the Dubs. He was in, in the army. He's yeah, a big background in football, John. He's a big background. Oh, football. massively so. Massively mm. so. Yeah. very, very it's been around for years. A, a brilliant insight into the game, but just a great, like a had no energy and characters, like the lads all love them. With another guy, Frankie Roebuck is his name, one of the stats guys. Again, just characters around the place. And what was it about John? You could be, no matter how bad you were, you could be having an absolute catastrophe of a game <laughs> Colonel Levy off straight away first man it was like seeing your mother after the game it's like you're flying it you're electrical
2: and would he be watching it would he, would he uh, know you were terrible? he
0: at? was he's watching it and like he knows the game so he knows this man <laughs> is talking about. was I was useless but just that was his personality his energy yes. and no matter what you'd go away from that conversation for a minute or whatever and you'd be gone yeah. it was actually alright out there yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was it. Like just a character around the lads, uh, just a massive personality, a brilliant guy, uh, and the players loved him and a massive time for him. But someone like Class. that, every team, every environment needs people like that that have a positive spin on things. And like Jimmy said, just lift the energy to place Yeah, personality, yeah. A character, because
1: it's heavy going a lot of the time. Good answer. The Colonel John Courtney James. Who so, are you thinking?
2: We had a lot, to be fair. Um, we had some good characters. But one I'm thinking of is Jorkeen, the physio. You might know him. He's um, a okay, yeah, yeah, brilliant yeah. physio. But he was just a mentality monster like that. You could be having the worst season of all time. And he's there digging the elbow into your glute. And he's "You're oh, brilliant. Not oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and you're getting a psychology session while you're on the table. It's like a two-in-one. He was actually doing psychology before there was sports psychologist. But I, I always used to love going to him because you come out feeling, you come out feeling brilliant. We had a fella called um, Nilo Callan as well. He's a, a Croaks uh, legend, I suppose. He was kind of a um, kit man and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But he was such a laugh. Like, if if you walked into the dressing room, you might have your head down or something. He'd call you out and make a fool you in front of everyone and get a big laugh. Out of everyone. No matter what the mood in the camp was, he'd, he'd lift it. You know, you need those fellas because 100%. sometimes the players just get caught up in in whatever's happening, but you need a fellow who can take a step back and just take the myth. I think like, he was brilliant to that, to be fair.
1: Great stuff, lads. Great stuff. I'm sure there's loads more uh, and we, we'll try and get some more of those stories out over the next couple of weeks. We've a, a very exciting season ahead here on the Football Pod. To everyone listening at home, I think I I haven't got a signed into James's contract but James I had form last year for adding little bits and pieces in as the year went on James is
0: every week it's a rolling contract Jimmy. It's a rolling contract
1: 100%. <laughs> I think we, what we might do is uh, we might do an ask me anything for James O'Donohue. If that's okay James, you know we can don't. edit them a little bit. James, don't admit but to. but <laughs> what we might do it. We will uh, Add on a zero. I think there's a, there's, a, there's a break week coming up. There's a break week coming up in two weeks. So I'm going to put up an Instagram story on at football pod underscore GAA. And you can start getting your questions in for James. We're going to put the best ones to him. So, do you know, James, you're going to have to be ready to go when we say the bomber or Donahue.
2: Oh. What's uh, no. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll right. leave it. Okay.
1: <laughs> Clifford and Gooch is coming up as well. So you're going to have to think about that too. So, James, brilliant to have you on board. It's fantastic. Really exciting. Delighted to have you. Delighted to be here. Paddy, Thanks great to be back.
0: Me. Great to be back. That's good. Andy who? <laughs> <laughs> Do
1: you know what the best thing is, Paddy? We can <sighs> now align your trips down the country for golf with uh, oh, recording so in Killarney. It's, it's perfect. perfect. Every second weekend in Killarney
0: you know. TV, you sort it out, right?
1: <laughs> Brilliant oh, stuff. That right. is... Fantech's down here. Episode one of season two of the Football Pod... This time it's with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. I'm Tommy Rooney. Thanks very much for listening in. Hit subscribe, share the pod, tell your friends. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. Take care.